Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across from me. Mr. Rob is on the other side of the glass and... We'll go right to the phones. Mr. David Rowe, state representative in the 85th District. They still call him a freshman lawmaker down there, but uh, he's got a couple of years under his belt so far. Uh, private business person prior to then, active in the Republican Party somewhat, now an elected state representative. Good morning, David. One Thanks. heck of a piano player. <laughs> <laughs> Are you there, David? I am. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys? <laughs> right, you? We're cracking. Hey, doing very well. We do appreciate that. Yeah, Joe said you're an accomplished piano player. Do you get to play at all anymore other than these spectacular opportunities to be on video at the holidays? I do, I do. I still play the piano for my church every Sunday morning. Oh, well, good for you. Okay, well, that says something about your discipline. The good keyboardists are hard to find these days. All right, well, let's launch into the uh, goings-on in Harrisburg. Uh, let's start out with kind of an opening argument on your part. Uh, you've been talking about a wide range of important issues lately. We'll give you an open mic. What's, what's on your mind today to talk about uh, the important issues in Harrisburg? Well, I'll say without a doubt that the most important thing that Pennsylvanians are going to be worrying about here in the next couple of weeks is the constitutional amendments they'll be voting on on May 18th, which I think we've all probably heard a little bit about. And uh, it's worth reminding everyone that May 18th, it can be anyone, even though Republicans and Democrats are typically the only ones that can vote in primaries. That's not the case with ballot questions. So independents, constitutionalists, libertarians, Green parties, you can all vote on May 18th. Well, a lot of people may say, well, this will change the way that uh, declarations of emergency uh, take place in Pennsylvania. will have a significant impact on this. Uh, folks argue that the goal of the governor was to save lives, and this will make it much, much harder for the governor or whomever's voting on these to just uh, do this save lives mindset. <laughs> so what's, what's your response? And I, get, and I know you endorse these referenda that relate to the emergency declaration, so Give us an argument for those. Well, first of all, if the governor's intention was to save lives, uh, he didn't do a very good job of that. When you look statistically speaking, uh, Pennsylvania still has one of the highest per capita of death rates in the nation, not to mention most of our fatalities uh, took place in nursing homes that are already under the regulatory eye of the state government. Uh, so those individuals that were most uh, that the governor was most responsible for are the ones that he failed them up. And a lot of those reasonings, again, because the governor was acting unilaterally. There's a number of steps that uh, the General Assembly was taking uh, as far as, you know, uh, providing PPE or regulatory reform, any sorts of things to really enable our nursing homes and hospitals to do what they needed to do. Uh, but because the governor was going it alone, we had a very difficult time uh, getting any of those good things done. And it's worth mentioning that there is nothing that these uh, proposed amendments do that limit uh, the governor's ability to uh, declare a declaration. The intention behind the emergency uh, powers is to give the governor the 
flexibility and the power that he needs to act quickly. Uh, but it was never intended to give him the uh, indefinite power that it really has turned into. Uh, rather, this simply requires that the governor bring the legislative body in after 21 days, uh, which is what we did. And uh, when the era of COVID hit, the governor was able to declare a disaster declaration. Uh, initially, he was doing his county-by-county county shutdowns, which I even said on this show, Mark, that I thought that was a better idea than a one-size-fits-all plan, because Pennsylvania is a big state. You know, Center City, Philadelphia, and Snyder County are two very different places. Having a one plan for both of them didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but unfortunately, the General Assembly was shut out from any of the decision-making process. So these amendments simply say the governor can declare an emergency, but he has to consult the General Assembly after 21 days. Well, Dave, that's no different than, for example, as a mayor, I can declare an emergency, but in 10 days, council has to review it. So it doesn't seem like it's anything off the wall. It seems like what the state has already considered, that there should be some review of a declaration of a disaster or emergency that, uh, that the administrative branch declares and the legislative branch branch gets a chance to look at. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. The legislative branch, whether it's on the municipal level or whether it's on the state level, should be having a say. I mean, the general, your borough council, you have subject matter experts, you have community leaders and stakeholders, and the same is true in Pennsylvania with the state general assembly. We have people who are medical professionals and logistical professionals. We have small business owners. We have, you know, uh, people with corporate experience. We have educators. Uh, and that is a massive amount of institutional knowledge that the governor should be harnessing to address the COVID-19 crisis or any future uh, emergency. Uh, the Emergency Powers Act is to give the governor that brief unilateral power to act quickly, uh, but then it's time for the General Assembly to come in, be able to convene so that we can work together. You know, working together is something that worked out really well for vaccine rollout, where we were of the bottom five states in the nation when the governor was acting unilaterally. And only after uh, we proposed these ballot questions, the governor decided to form a bipartisan bicameral task force. And thanks to the efforts of that bipartisan bicameral task force, Pennsylvania has jumped to the top 10 in the nation for vaccination. Now, regardless of you know feelings on vaccines, my, my personal belief is that if you want one, you should be able to get one, but nobody should be forced to have one. Uh, but nonetheless, that's just a perfect example of how, how much better things go when we're able to work together. And that's what these emergency questions will do. They'll enable us to work together better. Well, Dave, let me ask you this question. Let's say that uh, the governor declares an emergency, and after the 21-day period, the legislature decides, no, this isn't an emergency. What happens then? Is the governor's, hand, the governor's hands are tied at that point, right? Yes, yeah, so the, gov the emergency declaration would then expire after 21 days without legislative approval to continue, and the governor could not redeclare a disaster declaration for the same thing. Currently, you can have an emergency disaster declaration for up to 90 days, which an emergency, by definition, is something that has a time component to it. It's something that has a sense of urgency. Uh, you know, it's not, an emergency is something that you want to be able to respond to quickly, but you still want to be able to have, you know, the entire legislative branch, an entire co-equal branch of government able to advise, consult, and help legislate a path forward. You had talked about the fact that the wording on these referenda was less than ideal. Uh, explain that to us. Sure. So, uh, ironically, the constitutional amendment process, which is the one that we have pursued, uh, requires matching language to be passed in two back-to-back -back sessions. Uh, and if it is passed, then it goes directly to the ballot where the people of Pennsylvania uh, will vote either yes or no on the question. Now, that process does not require the governor's signature. Uh, and because the governor has been unwilling to work with the legislative body, despite the fact that almost every single one of our bills in this COVID era was bipartisan in nature, uh, sometimes with even supermajority votes, 
the governor was un, uh, uninterested in working with us. So we pursued the constitutional amendment process. Now, for some reason, and this is something we're working on fixing, the uh, questions are drafted by the governor's Department of State. So it is a process that is designed to circumvent the executive branch and go directly to the people, but the executive branch still has the ability to pose the questions. So when you read them, they are intentionally vague. They are intended to create fear. Uh, and so uh, the, the thing that I encourage people is if you are confused by the questions, as most people are, uh, just remember when you vote yes, you are voting yes to protect lives livelihoods. You're voting yes to protect and preserve our small business communities and, you know, continue to uh, support our children's education as well. There's a third ballot question that relates to equality. I'm not super familiar with that. Explain what that is about. Sure. So all that one does is it really just creates parity with the federal level. Uh, I know that one. I've, I've had several constituents reach out to me uh, with concerns about it. Uh, but all, the language is already enshrined federally. And all this does is bring parity with the federal constitution and existing statutes. And what sort of equality are we talking about? I don't have that referendum in front of me. Oh, okay. It, it, is, it simply carries with it a prohibition of abridgment of rights based on race or ethnicity. So again, those things are already uh, codified in statute. They're already enshrined in the U.S. Constitution. Uh, all we're doing is bringing uh, the, the state constitution on par with the federal government and Pennsylvania's current laws. Let me switch directions for a minute. Uh, you know, this is um, the, these ballot questions coming up are, uh, I think, certainly deserve a great deal of consideration. But there was one that didn't make it because the state forgot to do its paperwork. Uh, what's going to be the status of opening this window for people to file claims if they've been sexually abused based on either the Catholic Church or scouting or whatever it might be? Is that going to you've got to start all over again with that, right? Yep, and you know what, Joe, that is an absolutely fantastic point that you make. Another reason why uh, we need to reform the process of the ballot questions. You know, when, as I mentioned, the constitutional amendment process is a lengthy one, uh, but ultimately it's up to the governor's Department of State to word the language and do the proper advertising. So again, the process meant to circumvent the executive branch can be stymied by the executive branch. And so that's why we have introduced legislation so that uh, the legislature will be responsible for drafting language and doing the advertisements, because as with the proposed amendment that you referenced, uh, that was something that was passed by both the House and Senate in two consecutive sessions, uh, but the governor's Department of State failed to do the requisite advertising, so the two-session uh, two process is required to start over, and that's something that can take three to four years. Uh, there was some discussion regarding uh, making it a, an emergency amendment, uh, which requires a two-thirds majority instead of just a simple majority in both chambers. Uh, however, I think, uh, I mean, that's a... Uh, there were some concerns about the definition of emergency. Uh, there is absolutely, you know, the, the legislation is worth considering, but I, I think that many people in our caucus and the Democratic caucus as well uh, do not see bureaucratic ineptitude of the governor's Department of State as something that would be categorized as an emergency. Uh, there is legislation that would uh, create the window statutorily, uh, and that is currently awaiting a vote in the Senate. All right, so that is still pending. Have you had a chance to vote on that yet? Yes, yep, we have voted on that. I did vote against it uh, because uh, as we looked at a lot of the potential fallout from the issue, uh, obviously everybody wants to have justice. We want to see justice done. Uh, but in this issue, many of the institutions that would be uh, you know, having to pay restitution are institutions where the perpetrator may not have been, may not have been for a long time. 
so we, are, we would go, be going to see a lot of fallout where individuals would be suffering more, say we have institutions that are orphanages or schools uh, or transition centers or uh, pregnancy care centers, all these other entities where the perpetrator many years ago might have been employed uh, and the perpetrator needs to be held accountable. But if the institution itself is bankrupted, uh, we're going to see more people go hungry. We're going to see more children without foster care. Uh, and those are the sorts of uh, uh, unrealized consequences of good intentions that I was concerned about, and that's why I voted now. Will some of them be revised in the Senate? I know this is a very active discussion over there. If I'm sorry, what was that question? Will, will this bill or this proposed law that uh, you voted against and is in the Senate now, will that be refined so that some of those concerns are answered? I, I couldn't say. I, I do know that there was some question about whether or not a statutory method would even be considered constitutional. Uh, so that is something that will most likely end up in court if the Senate does pass it. Uh, if they do amend it, uh, they, they might be sending it back over to the House. Uh, if they've made those sort of corrections to protect those institutions that uh, might have had some, uh, you know, a bad person at them many years ago but are trying to do good work now, making sure that they are uh, you know, th those who are held accountable is the most important part without punishing uh, those who, do are, who don't deserve punishment. Uh, and if they can uh, uh, alter and amend the bill to make it as such, then I would be happy to vote in favor of it. Let's switch gears for a minute, Dave. I, we've had Senator Gordon on the program a number of times, and we always ask him about the finances of the state from the Senate side. Now let me ask you from the House side. How are we doing financially in Pennsylvania now that we're kind of coming out of the pandemic? Well, unfortunately, not great. We are uh, awaiting. I actually should be talking to the Appropriations Chairman later today uh, on some, fi uh, some final numbers for where the Commonwealth is currently sitting. Uh, we still will have a multi-billion dollar deficit. Uh, unfortunately, the budget last year was passed without any sort of meaningful cuts, and the, the budget hole uh, was plugged with the over a billion dollars remaining from the CARES funding. Uh, and as you guys know, I did vote against that budget. Anybody who has a world of business or anybody who even has to, uh, you know, manage their, uh, their family's financial budget uh, knows that when you have something like that, when you have an over a billion dollar shortfall, just trying to plug it with a one-time payment is not very sound fiscal policy because that deficit is now going to continue to be there. Uh, we should have been making meaningful cuts ahead of time uh, in preparation for this new fiscal cliff that we're coming up against. You know, the federal government has sent down a couple billion more dollars to Pennsylvania, uh, and these, this continued printing of money and devaluation of our currency uh, is something that is going to come home to roost eventually. Uh, so we need to be getting our fiscal house in order uh, by reforming our tax system, by making Pennsylvania a more business-friendly state, uh, by cutting spending where we can, uh, and making sure that Pennsylvania is on a path to prosperity instead of a path to bankruptcy. Is there any spending cutting happening? I haven't seen that happen. Is, not, not that I have seen. Oh, okay. So unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, that, that was why I was a no on the budget. Uh, there was, uh, I saw the uh, misappropriation of CARES funding as uh, an egregious use of taxpayer dollars that were supposed to be diverted to small businesses and taxpayers. Uh, and then also with no meaningful cuts, especially at a time when we could have gotten away with making meaningful cuts. There was, you know, the economic issues. There was shortfalls. Uh, we could have gotten away with making meaningful cuts, and the, the pain point would not have been felt too keenly by any single group. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it didn't seem that there were many people with the stomach to do that in Harrisburg. All right. Uh, there are some states that are interested in regulating uh, transgender uh, individuals, particularly as it relates to this myth that uh, transgender women will ruin women's sports. What's your view on that? So I'm a co-sponsor of the legislation rolled out by four of my female colleagues. Uh, and the reason being, it is, it is a safety issue uh, for girls playing in sports. 
uh, when we look at the genetic makeup of the people who are born male, uh, there is simply a genetic physical advantage uh, that men have. And so when we put individuals, this, this is, uh, you know, I do not have any children, Mark, you know that, but I've heard directly uh, from several of my constituents with uh, daughters that play sports, you know, their concern is that we have injuries. We have, you know, potentially life-threatening situations where you have in, say, physical sports where you have impacts or uh, issues where an individual is stronger, taller, faster, not only does it create potentially, not not potentially, it definitely uh, creates an imbalanced field of play, but it also creates a safety issue uh, for the girls who are playing just because of the genetic reality. But this doesn't seem to have happened anywhere. Like, this is legislation in search of an issue. Well, I think that more often than not, we get accused in the government of always being reactionary. And I think the goal here is to take preventative steps uh, to make sure that girls playing sports are safe. Uh, and I think that, that the, the reality comes to the, the point where, you know, an individual's freedoms do not necessarily start uh, end where another individual perceives that their freedoms begin. So I personally, if an individual uh, has a, a way that they identify, that is their decision. But once you start imposing that uh, and putting other people's children, children's safety uh, at risk, I think that's when we have to look at it and take steps to protect uh, our young female athletes. So when Mark uh, described it as a myth when he asked you the question, I can safely say you disagree with that. <laughs> yes, okay. that's, that's a good way to summarize it. That would have been a quicker summary, Joe. Well, let, let me let, let me get on to my pet project. Uh, the the radar bill has come out of the State Transportation Committee, House Transportation Committee, overwhelmingly uh, supported. Uh, we are the only state in the United States and the District of Columbia that prohibits municipal police from using radar. The current bill would uh, would puts a lot of restrictions on that. It limits the amount of money that a municipality can make. It also gives the state police LIDAR and the right to use moving radar while limiting local police or municipal police to being in a fixed location the way the state police are now. So, I mean, after all these years and all the, all this debate, is it finally time to pass this legislation? You know, it's something that is definitely, I, I thought we would have passed it already, Joe. It's been on the calendar multiple times. Uh, there were some amendments that I, I pushed for and I believe will be included in the final bill. Uh, amendments that, uh, as you pointed out, address the risks of uh, the municipalities utilizing uh, radar for uh, for funding to pad out their bottom line. Uh, so there was an amendment to restrict the percentage that uh, municipalities could, uh, I guess I should lower the existing percentage restriction that municipalities could take uh, from radar tickets, and I'm hoping that amendment makes it in there. Uh, there were also some restrictions on points that could be given under a certain uh, mile-per-hour violation, uh, and I'm hoping that amendment makes it in there as well. So I'm working with the prime sponsor on that and some stakeholders as well, uh, simply because, uh, you, you know, Joe, you and I have discussed this uh, multiple times. You know, my concern is exactly that, that I hear from my constituents, that they're concerned about policing for profit. And I think that's a careful line we have to tread uh, where we do not want people to be motivated, uh, you know, municipal governments to be motivated in handing out citations uh, based on how much money they can take from people. Uh, it should be about safety. It shouldn't be about the All bottom right. line. Well, we have, uh, I think, at 15, my chief of police tells me we've got about $15 for a ticket. So we'd have to issue one heck of a lot of tickets to balance our budget on it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and so, you know, as a, a former uh, commissioner for the Buffalo Valley Regional Police Department, I was on the board of supervisors for East Buffalo Township. Right. Uh, I've definitely seen those numbers. I've, you know, I've also seen how much time, uh, you know, municipal departments really do uh, put into speed traps, at least in our instance, uh, and making sure that people, they, uh, the departments are balancing, uh, like I said, the, the safety of our residents, which should be our chief concern, 
uh, with the need to uh, fund the budget, uh, which obviously is something that's important, but it needs to be funded responsibly and for the right reasons. Thank you, sir. One of our good listeners asks if you have chosen to be vaccinated. I have not. Nope, I have not. And I do not say that as an endorsement of getting one or not getting one. Uh, I have chosen not to get the vaccine. Uh, but as I said earlier, my position on vaccines is if you want one, you should be able to get one, but nobody should be forced to have one. Yeah, I think they should be readily available now. And another listener asks, are you planning to run for higher office? I, I don't <laughs> know beyond that what they might be interested in, but uh, I don't know. Well, I currently have no such plans. Uh, as you said at the beginning of the show, Mark, I still consider myself a freshman, maybe a red shirt freshman since I came in on a special. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I am uh, very content where I am. I'm very grateful for the, uh, the honor, the privilege that the people of the 85th District and Union and Snyder counties have bestowed on me uh, to allow me to be their voice in Harrisburg. Uh, and I will continue to be that voice if they'll have me. All right, your closing argument. You get the last word anytime you call in. Well, I will thank you very much, Mark, and I do always appreciate that. I will simply reinforce what we talked about at the beginning of the show uh, with the ballot amendments, the questions. I would urge, uh, from you know my personal perspective, a yes vote uh, because I am in favor of protecting lives and livelihoods, supporting our small business communities, uh, retaining local control of local issues, supporting our children's education, and reminding people that uh, voting yes on these amendments doesn't restrict the governor's ability to declare a declaration. Uh, it just restricts his ability to do it unilaterally and indefinitely. Well, uh, so I would encourage a yes vote on May 18th. Well, thank you. And uh, I believe you're supporting, some states are doing a one-staffer, one-shopper law, and I know Pennsylvania is at least having a conversation about that. So good for that. That would be a great idea yeah. in yep, Pennsylvania. And the reasoning behind that, Mark, is just, you know, we, we looked at small business mom-and-pop shops that sell the same things as Walmart, but Walmart's allowed to have 100 people packed in the store, if not more, but you can't have one person inside a mom-and-pop shop. Uh, right. so what we're trying to do is really just create equality where we can have Main Street and Market Street on the same on the same playing field. Well, I agree. I, I think in the height of the pandemic, surely I could have gone to Kohl's Hardware and got one hammer from one clerk, and somehow we could have done that safely. So, yeah, I, I think shutdowns were a little too onerous under those circumstances. Thank you so much yes. for checking in. You have an open mic anytime. Keep us up to date about these important topics. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Really appreciate thank, it. Thank you both. It's always a pleasure to be with you guys. Take care. One. All right, State Representative Eighty. 5th District. David Rowe on the news line invited him to call into uh, WKOK's On the Mark. We'll take a quickie break. When we come back, uh, Joe and I will discuss the important words uh, we've heard from the House member, and we will be talking about uh, open phones. Well, we will have open phones during the 9 a.m. hour. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We're talking about the transgender myth that exists, but Joe says 
He's found an organization that says there have been cases where transgender girls won races over uh, cisgender, cisgender girls. girls. Right. So, okay. Well, I, well, and they filed I, a suit. You know, not saying that it's not. I guess it's saying it's not fair that there are certain advantages that uh, men who have become transitioned to women have. I mean, you don't change your body type. You are what you are. And if, mm-hmm. if you are willing to concede that there are differences between men and women physiologically, mm-hmm. then I think you have to concede that, you know, someone who was a man and now is a woman uh, has certain advantages physically that women who are women don't have. All right. Well, you have a sentence there that says there have been cases where transgender girls beat uh, right. um, cisgender girls. In but a lawsuit in Connecticut, the attorneys are point out that uh, transgender sprinters improperly won 15 championship races between 2017 and 2020 and cost cisgender girls the opportunity to advance to other races 85 times. All right, and I'd like to see that. That's, That's just in Connecticut. Right, no, I got you. That, but, uh, yeah, I'd like to see that. Thanks for the uh, information. I'd like to see the evidence of that. I heard the sentence, but uh, that doesn't have any... Uh, you think the lawyers are lying? Uh, I, I think they're very... Their remarks may be pointed. I, it'd be hard to say to lie to a court that's a terrible thing for a to like if you check that out and found out that there were no cases yeah that would be bad yeah that would <laughs> that would be frowned upon so by it's the an government. issue I mean so it has I, to be I just decided. want to learn more about it that has all. to be decided I mean I can understand I can see both sides of the argument if you're a girl and and you know you're competing whether what you were before what you were yesterday probably isn't relevant but on the other hand is it fair for girls we set up girls athletics to encourage girls to participate years ago when I went to high school I think girls had field hockey and that was about it you know I don't remember well, girls track soft, and field uh, you know I don't remember girls oh, running okay. track and field at my high okay. school I have to go back and look at my yearbook but I, I don't think that they, they did. They, okay. There weren't as many opportunities. So now you create these opportunities for young girls to mm-hmm, participate mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. sports. You encourage them to do it, and then you allow in people who are, uh, un, I won't say unnaturally, but just have advantages that these girls don't have in physic, uh, physically. Well, advantages. and Caitlyn Jenner, of course, probably the most noteworthy. Uh, probably the for best governor known, in California. Well, and the mo- probably the most talked about transgender individual in the U.S. right now, anyway. She says it is a genuine issue of fairness, so this does need to be talked about and yeah. brought up. And uh, so here we are, bringing it up and talking about it. We'd love your opinion during the 9 a.m. hour after we do CBS News, then some local headlines. We'll have open phones on WKOK's On the Mark program. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joseph McGranahan, as you heard, mayor of Shemokin Dam, uh, advocate for radar for local police. Ironically, a lifelong speeder is once local <laughs> police to have more ways to stop him. But I am uh, not a lifelong speeder. I've had two tickets, well, three in my life. Uh, when's the last time you drove under the posted legal speed limit? All the time. I'm... <laughs> oh, I see. You've changed. All right. Hey, Ladies and gentlemen, you know, the new Joe McGrath. I subscribe to the theory, nine, you're fine, ten, you're mine. Okay. I'm nine miles nine an hour miles over. over. Right. Okay. Ten is, uh, you get the ticket. Ten, you okay. get the ticket. All right. Well, you weasel your way out of them anyway. When's no, the last I don't. T- How many... 
speeding tickets have you paid in your lifetime? Well, three, but I got oh, you did points not. reduced on the last one. <laughs> I, I went from having points to not having points. How many lawyers did you have at your table? <laughs> I have Perry Mason. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> All right. Welcome on board, everybody. It is the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. This is a harbinger of the discussion to come where Joe and I argue both sides of important issues, and uh, we would just love to hear from you. We have two emails pending, no texts and uh, no calls, so call us now, 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com or text so 70236. You heard the observations and the uh, good uh, Republican uh, observations of uh, David Rowe on the first part of the show. So maybe you have a uh, retort or an endorsement of the observations that he's made. He's one of the uh, vaccine-hesitant individuals in the U.S., so you can talk a little bit about that. He didn't really elaborate on why, but he certainly did emphasize that the vaccines are available now and that everybody has that choice. So you can call us if you wish to say something about that. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and you can text us at 70236. I want to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. Yes, I've been talking about the Ford F-150, the very latest one that I ordered uh, down there, and that'll be uh, coming soon. Hopefully that'll replace the black Ford Ranger that I'm driving around in uh, currently. But uh, this is going to be a great opportunity for you to not only look at the Ford F-150s, but there's also S Escorts, Explorer, Redesign, oh boy, what a vehicle, uh, and uh, the Escape is still down there, and they would just love it. If you need a super big vehicle, you're going to tow a great big trailer. The Excursion has all of the wonderful accoutrements of an Explorer, but expanded into a larger package with a weightier footprint so that you can haul more and do more, or if you just like a bigger vehicle, that's a great opportunity for you to drive around in a Ford Excursion. And the Hyundai line of vehicles, they don't have any uh, large vehicles in that line. They're all mid-size or smaller, and they all are fuel efficient. They last forever. They're all very highly rated by Consumer Reports. Or the Kia. Yes, they are headlined by the Kia Telluride, which as near as I can tell is the most perfect vehicle in the world. But uh, they also have a wide range of other Kias available uh, at the Sunbury Motor Company. It is the North 4th Street Shopping Plaza where you find the Sunbury Motor Company main headquarters, but they also got the peripheral satellite viewpoint if you want at the Kia dealership over on 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Do as I've done on many occasions. Go to sunburymotors.com, look at the present inventory, or order up a new one uh, from the build a Ford mode or build a Kia mode, and uh, you'll be super served, as I have been on many occasions at the Sunbury Motor Company. But start that visit at sunburymotors.com. Some brief news headlines here. Uh, vehicles and property were damaged during some gunfire on or near the Susquehanna Avenue in Sunbury Monday night. Details aren't out yet. We know neighbors in the 1000 block reported hearing the gunshots around 8 p.m. Monday. Sunbury police say one person was taken into custody after the search for suspects and vehicles, and we'll have more about that later this morning on WKOK. The Susquehanna River is calling us to reconnect, and it looks as though some Valley residents are taking part. Middle Susquehanna River keeper 
Association Executive Director John Zaktansky said the organization's song project, Songs of the Susquehanna River, is really taking off, and the goal, reconnect us to the Susquehanna River. That is something that uh, he says uh, is to everyone's advantage. Now that we are selling the CD, the money we raised off of that goes right back into the Middle Susquehanna Riverkeeper Association for the wide gamut of programs and projects and opportunities that we're involved with right now. And he says that the, if you are interested in one of these CDs, I've listened to the whole thing a couple of times through. Just a great, great musical project. MiddleSusquehannaRiverkeeper.org. We have that link at WDKOK.com. He was on a recent edition of uh, WDKOK Sunrise. While our good state representative have chosen not to, 1,500 more people in the Valley have chosen to get at least one dose of the vaccine. In Northumberland County, the number 478 and more folks got the vaccination as of Monday. 131 more people in Snyder County, 838 new doses in Union County. There must have been some kind of a backlog there. Montour County, 138 more shots, and uh, well over half the central Susquehanna Valley is fully vaccinated uh, right now. And some good news uh, for uh, Joe McGranahan. He's a bit of a nerd. Joe, what day is this? Uh, you're not going to ask me a trick question like that. No, I expect me is, to answer it. This is a perfectly normal it's Tuesday. day. Tuesday. No. Oh, Rob's uh, is uh, otherwise separated. But uh, May the fourth. May the fourth be with you. Yes, it's May the fourth be with you day. I believe you're, you're, there's some sort of a response. If I ask you what day is this, you say May the fourth be with you, and then I say back to you. And with you as well. A peace, yeah, <laughs> and with your spirit. And with your spirit, right? <laughs> You've been hanging out in too many Catholic churches. And also with you and is, with is you. what we do. Okay, so yeah, May the fourth. So good, good trivia for you. Fool someone today. Do as I did with Joe, and that's <laughs> ask him to pay attention to something he does. Does not do. Uh, one of our good listeners sends us an email related to transgender sports. Says, "Good morning. I'm shaking. I'm standing here shaking my head like I don't believe this conversation about boys versus girls in sports. But I will give you an example to try out." Mark, you take your lovely wife out somewhere near your home for a race. Say aloud, get ready, get set, go. Let's see who wins the race. Joe, you take your lovely wife out and go to the marina and run and see which one wins. I'm sad. Uh, I'm, I'm sad in people. Not certain I understand. I'm sad, uh, sad in people okay, when we have I'm to. I'm sad for people. I'm that? sad for people when we have to bring this common sense knowledge to people that should be wiser and smarter than they are. One last thing: I watch boys and girls wrestle, and I hate it. I don't think touching each other in those private places are good for either of them. Again, I'm standing here shaking my head, not understanding where is the wisdom and common sense and knowledge in people. Right. Well, you'll have to bone up on the topic if you don't understand it. 1-800-795-9565 is the telephone number. This is on the mind of Lance as well. Good morning, Lance. You're on the mark. And we have a call coming in, too. Okay. This is good. This should be a good topic. Why? Well, I've heard, like, from several sources that um, here is what happened. We had the boys' soccer all-star team in Texas, which wasn't the state, um, all-stars it was like the district all-stars and they played the uh, soccer team that was the girls Olympic team and the boys really shellacked them really bad now that would really set the tone and then uh, think about uh, transgender Jenner 
why uh, she is uh, very much against, uh, you know, having uh, transgenders uh, play girl sports. And so is Billie Jean King, which could, should really uh, say something, don't you think? Yeah, I don't. I agree. This has to be studied. We have to learn more about it. I don't know as much about it. I, uh, Joe brought something to my attention. I didn't realize today. What dozens of cases or in Connecticut? Yes, they right, found. That I, think they 17, I think that seventeen. I think that seventeen races where the girls or the transgenders won, and then another fifty-three where they stopped cisgender girls from advancing to the next heat. So you know, I think we definitely have to look at this, and I agree with you. Some really smart athletes are saying this is an issue of fairness that needs to be examined. I'm all for it. Yeah. For what? Examining it, okay. hearing both sides of this important issue. Well, you're hearing both sides, what, what you, but your, your basic instinct is to refer to it as a myth. <laughs> well, in Pennsylvania, it's a myth, but uh, as <laughs> as uh, David Rowe aptly pointed out, they are never accused of being ahead of the curve, and if they anticipate there is some transgender down there that's going to beat a girl, they want to make sure this law is ready. Yeah. My neighbor said, he says, you know, though this uh, girls and boys wrestling together, he says it's going to require some heavy-duty support errors. <laughs> oh, well. Well, maybe the question you should ask yourself is there, there are examples of uh, cisgender girls being defeated by transgender girls in races, but have we heard about the opposite occurring? And I would say we haven't because there it would be a difficult row for a girl who transitions to a man or a boy to compete against boys. Yeah, oh, I 100% agree with it. And it does require some more study, but uh, preliminary analysis sort of indicates that uh, it's not a good thing to uh, put transgenders in girls' sports because it really does close a tremendous number of doors for uh, further advancement of girl athletes. And that's, that's the truth. I mean, there's no denying that. Well, I think some of the legislation has often talked about scholarships that might be denied if if girls aren't winners in their sports in their state because of transgender males. So I think that certainly should be examined. It, it seems like that's kind of a prolonged uh, negative outcome from it. But again, I, I'm not anti-studying or conversation or looking at both sides of the issue. I certainly am interested in fairness if if this is a great example of something that's unfair. Well, what, what, what is unfair about it or what's fair about it? I mean, it, Well, I think it, when you have an individual who's transgender, you have a person who uh, may have been assigned male at birth, but throughout their life developed as much as you can without your exterior developing that way as a person that it was is female and tried to become female and uses hormones to be female and uh, you know in some cases undergoes surgery to become female and some cases undergoes cosmetic t- surgery to become very female. So basically, what you're so, saying is God made a mistake. I am, I'm not saying that at all. I don't. Uh, know. Why are you saying that? Well, I you know you're saying that someone who, who they they are trapped in the wrong body. Right. There's a reason they're trapped there. Is it because God made a mistake? God, I mean, I I haven't. I don't. I don't judge. <laughs> I'm God's. just curious. I'm I'm trying to Sorry. understand the rationale. I don't know, Judge. Uh, you tell me about God's mistakes, and and we'll further that conversation. I don't I don't know anything about God's successes or mistakes, but I can tell you this: that if you have an individual who has 
known their entire life that they were meant to be a girl, and they compete in a race, and they beat a cisgender girl who was grew, grew, grew up that way, and people say it's an issue of fairness. I'm willing to listen. That's all. I don't know everything about the science here. I can tell you that I think it's an issue of fairness if what somebody is willing you? to transition to be a girl, and but is told, well, you can transition to be a girl until and unless it becomes becoming part of an important team sport, you know, a team building opportunity and a chance to bond with other girls. So uh, I, I think there's, if you bar transgender individuals from a team, I, I think you raise another issue of fairness, one that you may not understand or appreciate or because you're God mistake thing, uh, that's fine. But I just think that there's, uh, it's, it's far more complex than just the fact that girls are beating boys, but Lance, as Joe has pointed out, it has happened. It is an issue. Scholarships lost, and, you know, that there, there's a, a fact-based detail or f- trail to follow right into this courtroom in Connecticut. We'll give you the last words, sir. Um, well, if you had enough uh, transgenders, you could probably have a separate class for them. That would work. Well, Actually, there was a story in the news, I don't know whether you saw it, I think it was in the Philadelphia area where a teacher or the assistant principal of a school uh, threw a beer on a group of people that had to do with uh, his wife going into the restroom of this restaurant and finding a transgender um, woman in the restroom. And what was funny about it, or what made the story interesting, was that that, that restaurant actually had a transgender restroom. And the transgender woman didn't use it. She went into the regular women's room. Now, uh, that that raises a question of fairness, too. If you're going to say that uh, we're, society's going to accept the fact that transgenders are, in fact, the, re- the gender that they choose to be, uh, should we actually require them not to use the facilities of, the re- of their, their uh, stated sex? Yeah, right. Oh, but, but a friend of mine was at Cornell University. Uh, so he went up there, he had to use a restroom, you know, and he saw the one there was for women. Well, he, he just took the next one. And he wondered why this guy looked at him real strange when he came out of it, because that was the transgender restroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they have gender-neutral cl- restrooms a lot of places now. Really? Yeah. Right, so where everybody goes in, there's sinks and stalls. Everybody goes into a stall everywhere, so there's no, you can you can be whomever you wear you wish to be inside the stall. Yeah, it's an interesting yeah. question. Is that the way we should go in society? Just have general restrooms and have facilities for both sexes in those restrooms? Under most circumstances, no girl would want to be near, in, or at a boys' restroom, it's especially if the not, guy's aim is bad. Right, it's just not. It's just not. Uh, we're not. It's just not that. Pleasant. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lance. Hey, well, anyway, up at Watkins Glen there at the racetrack, that's what they've done. It's just all stalls. Gotcha. All right. Okay. Thank you so much, sir. Okay. All right. 1 800 795 9565. We got a caller waiting. One email related to this topic. Go ahead, Joe. So right here's my simple common sense uh, to the answer of boys versus girls in sports I don't have to study it, it's wrong. All right. Thank you so much. 1-800-795-9565. Absolutely. The less you know, the better you are around here. 1-800-795-9565. We will be right back. Is that a myth? It's the truth, I think. (laughs) 
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. I think the Death Star is interfering with the transmission. <laughs> there we go. All right, yes. I gave Rob the oldest recording in history of this song. I don't know what's wrong with it. It was perfectly good in the 70s. Yeah, but it's failed now. All right. Now, at least we got it rolling eventually. Yes, yeah. thank you, Rob. I appreciate that. Thank you. So May the 4th music, uh, Rob Center, with appropriate Star Wars music. 1-800-7. Well, he wasn't listening when you asked him what the comeback to May the 4th be with you is. Does oh. he know? Is there some retort if someone says, what day is this? If, if someone says, may the 4th be with you, it's always. 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 I like may the odds be ever in your favor. (laughs) Okay. Always. Maybe the wind be at your back and the horizon. (laughs) All of them you can say always. Okay. All right. 1-800-795-9565. we got one line that is open. Eric has been uh, waiting. Good morning, Eric. You're on the mark. And according to Klinger on MASH, me always has spit-free camels, I guess, is the other the response. Okay. Always. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> always. Uh, uh, actually, my son was born uh, today. It's his birthday today. And if you see my son, you can wish uh, a very happy birthday to my son, uh, Luke Darth. <laughs> oh, you named no. him Luke kidding. Darth, huh? Just okay. kidding. Uh, applaud. A uh, little applause for Mr. Rowe uh, for coming on your show and ask, actually answering questions. I don't necessarily agree with Mr. Rowe's politics, but I do applaud him for coming on, uh, stating his uh, points of view, and then also answering a few questions, unlike unlike any of our federal representatives. <laughs> oh, it a congressman Muser comes that on. Mr. Keller hasn't been on your show since we sent him off to Washington. So the question I have for you, Joe, or for anyone, is what is it? Is not the constituency here in central Pennsylvania worth a long-distance call? <laughs> You'd have to ask Congressman yeah, Keller. Ask the, 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 I would the if invitation I is out to there. talk to him on this show, which I'd be happy to chat with him but if he ever decide to. He has I wonder been. if Mr. Keller fully realizes that there will be a re-election in 2022, and Pennsylvania has now lost one of our seats in the House of Representatives. Right. In, in fairness, uh, Eric, I would he think has that as a very freshman. Uh, Eric, is he freshman? Was he elected once, or was he just still that short change deal? Has he, has he actually sat for a full election cycle, or does he just get that special? Yeah, election he's serving a full election election. cycle right now, isn't he? He was he was appointed. He he was now he's in yep, two years. But here's the thing: he has appeared in this show since he's been a congressman, but he hasn't appeared here recently. So, yeah, since the fall election, at which time we we significantly talked about the fact that he wouldn't debate anybody, irritating him to the point of uh, 
he won't call it. We're dead to him. <laughs> well, I'm just just pointing out, Mr. Keller, and your whatever that uh, you're up for uh, re-election, and uh, we're losing a seat. Um, but Joe, we do. Or, we, uh, let, you, let me you, say you this: know, Are we redistricting? Uh, we're going to be redistricting Pennsylvania too. Is that at the state level? Because right now I'm represented by Ms. Culver across the river, which is fine. Uh, I think she's doing a pretty adequate job, but. Uh, Sometime in my lifetime, I'd like to be voting with the, the good people of Sealands Grove and Shemokin Dam and, and other people who actually I know instead of the nice folks I wave to across the river who live about a mile from me who I've never met in my life. <laughs> well, uh, yes. The answer to your question is yes, they will decide that uh, congressionally. But the thing is, you're talking about the state the state representatives, not the congressional representatives. Are they doing both or neither? Yes, or, they, they do I mean, both. They do both. But okay. the process is different. The uh, They do a commission. Or they're doing the commission now for the uh, federal seats. They're right. going to hopefully try to stop gerrymandering. And I think the House and Senate seats are also decided uh, state House and Senate seats are also decided by a panel in Harrisburg, so it's it's kind of or, or no are they they're the ones that have the uh, yeah they have a non uh, supposedly nonpartisan commission for the state House for and the Senate. redistrict for the right. legislative district but the yeah. uh, but the congressional districts are set that's purely a political matter and it's a vote by the House and Senate or the Senate I guess it is. Okay, my last point is uh, Mr. Rowe, uh, who's not my representative, so but I'm still a. A taxpayer and to have a voice uh, seems to be talking out of both sides of his mouth when it comes to this issue of of not being able to sue those who are um, somewhat responsible for allowing under their watch or under their supervision uh, sexual uh, preying upon children. Uh, so, so he criticized the governor or governor's uh, people for not getting this on the uh, ballot for a change of a constitutional, although, ironically, the ones that could drastically affect the governor, the ones that limit his powers, that did get on. So, I mean, you had to lose something, I guess, I don't know, uh, during the COVID. But then Mr. Rowe comes around and said, and I applaud him for his honesty, uh, to say that he opposed the legislation when it came up for a vote because, in his words, um, we, we can't hold current people responsible for what people did in the past and it could affect existing families. Uh, now that's talking out of both sides of your mouth, as they say here in Southern Snyder County. <laughs> um, so what, what is it? Uh, we have these institutions that are too big to fail? Is, is that what we're talking about? So they're, they're above then, a uh, responsibility? I, I don't think that was Dave's point. I think it was a little more nuanced than that. It's complicated. Okay, uh, explain to me what do you think his point was and why he voted against it. I'm, I'm we to can't. Uh, I'm not going to put words in David's <laughs> mouth. I think he. Well, I'm I, trying to. I'm trying to extract meaning I from think, the words he said. I well then go back and listen to his comments on the podcast because I think he explained himself fairly well. Great, honestly, we're out honestly. of time, so you send us that succinctly written question in a note. We'll forward it to him and we'll read it back to everybody on the radio. Gentlemen, as always, thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> thank you, Eric. Take care. Thank you. All right, Tim. Thanks for waiting. You're on the mark morning guys i wanted to give you a little personal experience and then maybe make an argument against some of the arguments you guys are talking about for transgender um the personal experience is i was a high school wrestling coach for several years and i don't know if people know this but high school wrestling is co-ed it has been for decades now and so girls women routinely wrestle guys um and that's just the way it's been for a long time and 
while it's not uh, you know common, it's not um, impossible for the girls to beat the boys. So I've seen several girls beat boys, and I'm talking about I'm not talking about transgender girls. I'm talking about just girls and boys wrestling and the girls beating the boys. That's that's not uncommon. Generally, if you're in a tournament, you're going to see it at least a few times uh, with any number of matches. So it's not. It seems like a lot of the listeners found it extremely far fetched or crazy that a girl would wrestle a boy and then a girl could even beat a boy. Um, that happens all the time. Uh, the argument that I would make against uh, what you guys were talking with the transgender, um, what I've been hearing is the transgender girls would have an advantage, uh, a genetic advantage over uh, the regular girls. My question for you guys would be, couldn't you make the argument that you know Olympic athletes have genetic advantages over normal athletes and all-star athletes, you know, NFL athletes have genetic advantages over um, regular athletes, as it were. No, I don't. If you look I, at Usain Bolt. I don't think that. I don't think that's the case. I think that you know we're <laughs> talking about basic physiology, and that the, the, a girl is a girl and has girl attributes, and a boy is a boy and has boy attributes. Boys are what thicker, muscled. Uh, you know, they're just structured differently. I won't say they're. Have you seen some of the girls competing in various sports? <laughs> Well, yeah, but that, that's a difference in training and in, in no. ability. Uh-huh. Not everybody's created equal, but, you know, so I'm saying that Bruce Jenner, as a male, uh, was on a level far above other people, but not because of his sex or because of anything other than his training, his basic physical condition. Go ahead, Tim. Oh, I guess I would have to disagree on that. Okay. I mean, if you look at Hussein Bolt, his physical attributes, you know, if you look at his the length of his muscles, the ways his bones are structured... He, it's not just training. He's genetically different than other men. That's how he's able to achieve the crazy times he's able to achieve. So he's, he's actually a different person than any kind of normal person, uh, not just training, not just how much he works out. I mean, I don't want to take that away from him or any other athlete, obviously. But well, let's let's look at uh, let's look at person. let's look at one of the greatest of all time, Babe Ruth. The guy was overweight, drank too much, but performed far be above and beyond what you would think his physical limitations would be. So, what's the difference? You know, you have somebody else like like you're talking about the guy who is physiologically different, but you know, take somebody like Babe Ruth. Right. I think that was just the uh, you know you're going to get the top people in the pool that you're pulling from and the time that baseball, uh, the time Babe Ruth was playing baseball, the pool of people who could play baseball was much, much smaller. And so as you start to open up that pool, um, you start to find different athletes who may could perform better. And I think that's a perfect example is in Babe Ruth's era, he was the best baseball player. Uh, You could argue in today's era, he probably wouldn't be the best baseball player um, could you argue then that the pool is now just opening even further so but I the think way the- that the pool opened and Hank Aaron became amazing uh, now the pool is opening and you have other athletes becoming amazing but you have more people today or fewer people today playing baseball than you had in the 1920s and 30s when Babe Ruth was active back then it was it really was the national pastime people lined up in front of newspaper offices to well, see the line score of games no I'm saying the pool I think the pool was bigger then that people would have you know more people wanted to play the game than want to play it today Oh, I, I, I would have to disagree. When I say the pool was closed, I'm talking, you're talking race, you're talking a, a lot of other factors, not just transgender type. You're talking a lot of other factors of people who just weren't able to play baseball. Look I mean, at Satchel. There were a lot of people All right, playing how about baseball Sa- that 
How about Satchel Paige? He <laughs> came up in the black leagues. He was one of the greatest of all time. Right, and, and the, the mere fact that you had black leagues, that, that, that these people weren't able to compete against each other until much later, um, is kind of my point. Okay. That when you are isolating the pool, then you have less people to pull from, and so the top athletes aren't necessarily the top athletes overall. They're just okay. the top athletes in their pool. Well, we'll di- agree to disagree. So <laughs> should transgender girls, who already have the, sta- the deck stacked against them in almost every other way, and supposedly have some inherent male advantage, should they be able to compete against cisgender girls in track and field? Uh, no, I, okay. I would have to disagree. I don't think they should be able to compete. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm just pointing out some, uh, some of the other... The nuances, right? It's, it's, this is complicated. And are are you really calling from California? I am actually. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Holy smokes! Well, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Whoever notified you <laughs> that we had brought up this important topic, thank them for us. We appreciate it, Tim. Thank Call you again, so Tim. much. Appreciate that, Tim, on the line. We'll take a quickie break. Got other callers waiting. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. The uh, topic of uh, transgender girls competing against cisgender girls. It is a global issue that has popped up. Although, at the Olympic level, he mentioned the Olympic levels. I believe in the Olympic level, transgenders are. Admissed, ad- admissible. Now, I don't think any have won, but but then again, you you have the most superlative girls in the world, so uh, I think that's it may be a factor there. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. It's the theme music. Yes, I'm, that's the Death Star theme, isn't it? I no, no, it's a march. I, they were marching with this, I think. Yeah, it's called the Imperial Death Imperial march. Death March. Yeah, so it's basically okay. Darth Vader's theme. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Informed he is. Boy, they don't make music like this anymore, I'll tell you what. Thank you have you. to say that. Informed he is, though. <laughs> I don't do Yoda very well. Uh, Apparently right. I don't either. I do. I do Hasa Yoda, sometimes Ha. Oh, yoga, Yoda. Yoda. Uh, I <laughs> said yoga. All right, Dan, thank you for waiting. You are on the mark. Hey, good morning. Why, Mark, you set up. A while back, the less you know, the better off we are, to that effect. (laughs) It's just the opposite. What? The more you know, the better off you are. And that's how we know about the transgender issue. First, we always knew from truth there was only two genders. We knew that, but now... The science backs us up. For the last uh, many years, we knew there were only XX chromosome and XY. So the XX is always female, XY is always male. So there's no question about it. It's settled on both sides, science and truth. So for all concerns it should be a settled issue so why why is it controversial more now than ever 
Well, I don't think any of the statements that you said are true. We certainly recognize that birth people are assigned one sex or another. That much hasn't changed, so in that area, you're 100% right. But what people's gender identity is, that which they feel as though that they, or that they know that they are, that they act as they are, that their brain works, isn't strictly male or female. And this is why people become transgender. And science is definitely on their side in every way as it relates to brain activity and hormone activity and their interests and socializations and their desires and their sexuality. So uh, you are 100% right that science is, uh, has spoken and individuals who are transgender are uh, very much uh, in the right under this. As for XX and XY chromosomes, I'd research that. We had some callers and emailers the last time we brought this up saying that actually that's not true, that uh, chromosomes do vary uh, at birth. Beyond repeating that sentence they're, I've heard, I don't know that. They're wrong. Much. Okay, well, that could could be, that could be that wrong. You okay. get any real scientist on here with a, I don't care, a doctor degree or whatever, he'll tell you the truth that there is only two genders and you can't cloud the issue. There's only <laughs> ever been two and there only ever will be two, no matter how the how people want to cloud the issue. Right. It's settled. Our, and it was settled 6,000 years ago. It was settled science, and it hasn't changed just because we're a quote-unquote enlightened. We're, it actually, we're becoming more on enlightened through our questioning and refusal, refusal to believe truth. We're becoming more dark. So it's settled, and you get a an honest Ph.D. on in genetics, they're going to tell you there's no in-between. It's either one or the other. What happens after that, after you get confused, someone confuses you, that's a different story. That'd be psychological confusion. But at birth, you're one or the other. It's settled. Gotcha. I don't, and that's just the way it's always been, always will be. And we had, we have the science now, and we had the truth always. All right. Thank you. Like I said, the less you know, the better. All right. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you so much for calling. The more you know, the better. No, more more things to right now, we're better <laughs> off. All right. But, All right. But people are trying to confuse the issue, and uh, we know the truth. The yep. truth yeah. will set you free. Okay. All right. We got you, Dan. Thank, Thank you so you. much right. for calling in. Who's really next? appreciate it. Tom. Tom, you're on the mark, Tom. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you a little joke here first. You know how you tell a male hormone from a female hormone? Why? I said, you know how you tell a male <laughs> no. hormone from now, a female I'll bite with Mark's, Mark's fingers on the cutoff button, but I'll bite how? Pull down his jeans. Oh, brother. <laughs> Jeez. You get it? Yes, yes of course we, got we it. do. Tragically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank but you, Tom. Call, Thanks for I calling call in. That, that. That's I why call you called? Tom's Bro. barred for two weeks. Sorry. Okay, I mean, no matter which way you go in these questions, it's it's you could be screwed either way. I mean, I I agreed with Governor Wolf, Thank you. so I didn't want a guy like David Rowe 
and these Republicans interfering because they would they wanted to open everything back up and make everybody sick. Now, if you get a guy like now, if you get a, a Republican governor in there, you might wanna you might wanna overturn him. You mean so re- no matter recall which way him. you go in this thing, it's 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 uh, it's a catch twenty two. It could be bad. It could be bad if you vote yes. It could be bad if you vote no. It just depends on who the governor is and who the people are that are running the house. Which right now, it's the Republicans. So I'm probably going to vote no. I'm probably going to vote no just because I think David Rowe is very. I don't know what you want to call him. Young and in the way. (laughs) Set in his ways. Well, he's 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 one of these Republicans. He doesn't want to. He's he won't even get the shot. He won't even get the shots, which they were just talking about it today. In order to get herd immunity, we're going to have to get at least seventy percent of the people vaccinated. And the people that don't get vaccinated. They're going to spread this disease, and they're going to let it mutate into other things, which causes other problems. Mm-hmm. They were just talking about the today how yep, this that's mutates. Yep, that's exactly right. right. Yeah, I think there's this widespread misperception that if you don't get vaccinated, okay, that's your choice. Slowly, this is going to die out on its own. But if you listen to epidemiologists, including I was just listening to that the Deer Pandemic series from Rutgers over the weekend, uh, they're talking about the same thing, that yes, it is still feasible for people who have been vaccinated to have it in a mild form and to give it to people who are you know vaccinated and unvaccinated and to spread it. And subsequently, you know, slowly in the years ahead, this sort of conventional coronavirus that we have, people will get that. But as variants become more contagious, more dangerous, more deadly, people who are vaccinated will carry that. And, of course, unvaccinated people will get it. And so this will continue to evolve and, and be with us for years to come. Yeah, that's why, I mean, I I don't know. I don't understand. He's Well, he's one of these Republicans. You know, the Republicans are the ones that these conservatives that that have uh, all this uh, the well, party of responsibility that they call themselves and you, the party uh, of family values Tom, you do know Tom, you do know Hey, Tom, you do you do know that some Democrats are not taking the vaccine either, right? Do you have any, any harsh words for them or just the Republicans? The, the majority of them are Republicans. Right, the vast majority. There's a few Democrats, they're, I they're, suppose. They're, they're the, majority, the vast majority of them are, are the Democrats. But so they, they're the bad ones, but the Democrats who are doing well, it's it not so, aren't it's, bad. It's I not just you. bad in and of itself. It's that the reason they're doing it is because Democrats are promoting it. That's no reason not to help your fellow man. I'm a Republican. I took the vaccine. I was one of the first to get it around this local area. We'll get it again. You're probably a little bit smarter than some of the conservatives who won't get the shot. Well, and how about some of the Democratic people who won't get the shot are they smart are they no, dumb or they they're dumb they're dumb they're okay. dumb go ahead tommy give you the last word we got to get the break on here. anybody that won't get the shot they're all dumb now well, that's fair you. there the now we now we're in agreement now we're in agreement you and like david Rowe. tom and joe finally agree on something well, no then he had to he had to mess it up david by Rowe is very irresponsible well, you could argue no, I that. think I've known Dave for a while. I don't think he's irresponsible. He just has a very some very strong opinions, and he acts on them, and he doesn't lie about them. He tells you what how he feels, and he, he answers questions directly and straight ahead. 
All right, we got you, Tom. Thank you so much for calling in. All right. All right, Bye. 1-800-795. Oops, scratch that. Uh, We're going to run out of time. We're going to take the break. We have two callers lined up. That's all we'll have time for is those two callers that are lined up. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Two minutes apiece. We'll start out with Bob. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Yeah, good morning. I was calling about uh, Mr. Rowe's uh, speech this morning, you know, as far as not being getting vaccinated and stuff like that. Well, he doesn't care about uh, the people he works with or the general public if he's going nah, out, on. you know, unvaccinated. He has nobody that no. uh, I guess he doesn't even want to spend time no. with. In no. my opinion, no, and, that, um, that's not true. I, I, I don't even know him personally, but I know that's not why he doesn't want to get vaccinated. Well, I'm vaccinated, and I think people that aren't vaccinated should be the ones staying at home, not going out in the public and spreading this disease around. I don't think you, you can know, say Dave you, is spreading any disease. And, and give enough. <laughs> well, he could be. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, I mean he's he's going to church. I'm sure he's singing. I mean. People in churches are in small spaces, you know, yeah, and that's just another reason to be a, a Democrat because we see the problem <laughs> with this COVID. And um, I ran into Fred Keller on Friday night out. He was out eating dinner, and uh, I walked up to him and I said, "Did you vote against the uh, you know equal pay for women?" He says, "Well, yeah, I did because you know back in it's, that's been a law since the '60s that they get paid the same. Well, then why is there a problem going on about it?" And then he also said that. There are other things in the bill that he didn't approve of, and that was why. Okay. So as far as the uh, same sex or, you know, different sexes, I guess Dan doesn't believe in aliens or out of spa- outer space that we're trying to <laughs> look for other white, not. you know, out, out there. Okay. He probably so, does and not. you do, as I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, gathering? Oh, definitely. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Okay. There's, there's, believe me, there is something else out there. We just haven't found it yet, or they I, don't want I think to it's the it. Bar Association, thank to be you. honest yeah, with you. Thank you, Bob. It's the Bar Associations out there. Al, next up, two minutes. You're on the mark. I called about the, uh, you know, the race is all over, and the transgenders and uh, girls and transgenders, uh, they head to the showers. Yeah. And there at the shower, you know, you got a transgender male in there that's identifying as a female, I'm sorry for the 13-year-old girl that uh, may be shy and may have some morality uh, uh, problems with that, uh, being naked in front of a a transgender woman uh, that just feels like a woman that day. And and how would you feel about your 13-year-old have to shower up 
you know, with a bunch of stinky old wrestling boys at the end of the thing, and the towel snapping goes on, and uh, the making fun, and all that stuff goes on in the shower room. That That's another aspect of this that I didn't hear anybody talk about this morning. Maybe everybody's going to have to shower privately. Did you ever think yeah, of that? I was going to say, maybe some people don't hang out in shower rooms. <laughs> yeah, I don't. There's no towel well, snapping at my house. After wrestling, I mean, it's hygienic. I mean, you're laying around on that mat or you're out running. you got to have a shower. You're just avoiding You just question. have to. How would you feel? How would you feel if your 13-year-old had to go in with well, you? If, well, if the girls are wrestling, as our caller from California said, if the girls are wrestling with the boys, I are. guess they're accepting it. I assure you there's girls wrestling around here. That's not just the caller. Some of them wouldn't do it because of the morality. I think we need private showers, Al. I think it's it's simply that simple. I'm sure schools are... Buy private showers? Well, they're going to have to. In my day, already. in my day, the expression "wrestling with girls" had Thank an entirely you, different meaning. Thank you. Yeah, Joe was a little more bassist. <laughs> uh, Cindy, you're on the mark. Two minutes. All we got left. There were girls wrestling when my son wrestled in high school 20 years ago. Well, yeah. There were girls wrestling here in Seal and Scruff. Yeah, we had an Olympic level. Uh, wrestler from Seal and Scruff, Spiegel Myers, her last name, and I cannot, yes. or Spiegel, Spiegel, I can't remember her first name. Um, and why couldn't they use the girl's shower instead of the boy's shower, or vice versa, I, you know, anyway. Well, she wasn't transgender. I want to say to these people, I've, I worked for many years in healthcare, and never once, never once, in my assessment of any patient I cared for, and no doubt if I totted it up, there were thousands of them, did I ask them their political party? So I don't know where they're coming from in making these assumptions that one political party's people are getting vaccinated and another political party's members are not. I, I don't know where they're getting this data. I think they're just making it up. They're getting it from MSNBC. Finally. <laughs> no one is going to tell you that the way to get someone to change their behavior is to ridicule them or disparage them or to, uh, to um, be uh, negative towards them. You're not going to change their behavior. In fact, you're likely to solidify the very behavior you don't want to happen. It's called oppositional defiance. <laughs> so Children those do it of all you the time. persist in ridiculing the people who have not shared your opinion about vaccination, you're only making the situation worse. That's a good point. Uh, good point to end the show on, Cindy. Thank you. More Knowledge is power. All right. Thank you so much, Cindy. All right. Lies in the face of you. You're, we're better off not knowing, right? So let them alone, and they'll decide on their own to get vaccinated <laughs> so we can beat this disease once and for all. To be continued tomorrow morning, open phones. This is WKOK Sunbury.